was really nothing by Anna Stephen. It was because he wrote things in the margins. Just scribbles at first. They could easily have been a child's first marks. But they soon expanded into words. Never bad words. Never anything inappropriate. Just simple little words. Perhaps he was writing down what he saw out of the window, or what he wanted to eat that night. On one page, the word was telegram, squeezed into a corner right at the edge. I've always wanted to ask him about telegram. It was because he started writing sentences, and then paragraphs, and because he started telling me things, that I had to admit to myself that it was getting out of hand. So... I had to call him in. William. Yes. Sit down. He pauses a moment before dropping into the chair at the back of the room, the one furthest away. There are three rows of desks between us, metal chair legs and heavy stubborn tables, a lot of things that might hurt. It was really nothing, miss. What wasn't? Mary, miss. Mary? Who is Mary? I try and think of a Mary. I have a cousin called Mary. I haven't seen her since she and her alcoholic husband renewed their vows in their son's garage. That happened about five years ago. They've probably emigrated. Mary Peterson, he says. I was just joking around. It's not against any rules. She likes me. A smile. I see sex in his eyes. I think I do remember the name, actually. She's a student a couple of years below him. Sixteen, then. He is the mysterious boy of the school. Not my words. The girls and boys I hear in the corridors. He wears a silver ornament of some sort on a thread around his neck. He sits at the piano between classes with cups of special tea lined up on the lid, and he drinks them while he plays. We all know about the special tea. It's been talked about in the staff room more than once. I tried to make it a few months ago. I set off the fire alarm in my house and in both my neighbors' houses and nearly killed the cat. She still trembles when I put the kettle on. The things he writes in the margins. The hair on his chest is visible because of the shirts he wears. Always buttonless linen things. They're so rough cut. There are not so much shirts than squares of fabric you'd hang on your car windows to keep out the sun. Huge drooping sleeves. His skinny hands creep out from them to drum on the desk. Busy hands always, scratching at the neck, the back of the head, or at his eyes, red and blinking. With the shirts, it's usually flares and boots. He clearly kneels and prays to the kinds of men people like Mary Peterson have posters of in their bedrooms. That's not why I called you in. He knows. I pick up his exercise book. It smells of old beer and overturned grass, and most of the pages are curled at the edges. Perhaps he did his work in the bath. <laughs> well, 
not work. I don't know how to start. How will he move when I speak? What will he say? I've been staring at the book a good few seconds. I look up and give him a once-over. I want to find different possibilities in his face. He never sits upright, but he doesn't slump. That's just like him, always putting half his effort in. A lot of the time, half is all he needs, because that half is most other people's whole. His arms are folded. There's movement in the corridor, and he looks round. I look with him. It's two boys and a girl, the girl in the middle, holding a bag of crisps, which they're all sharing. Chips. <laughs> There's something in his eyes as he looks at them all. You need someone to help you. Why didn't you ask about Mary Peterson? What? You're not interested? I'm not interested in what you do outside of class. His eyes are shining under his mop of hair. Not true, they say, not true. How does he take care of that hair? I wonder what the bottles in his bathroom look like, the liquids he slathers on his hands and rubs through the black olive strands, fingers threading through fingers, soaking and rubbing until the curls become flattened and limp. You're interested enough to call me back in, he says. I stopped him coming to my classes two months ago. Last month, I had him suspended... Two days ago, he was expelled. I smuggled him in this afternoon across the dusty yard and through the back gate. Why? You were expelled for what you wrote in your books, in the corners, sideways, backwards, upside down, between the lines and in the margins and the inside covers. Every lesson, I watched you do it. I watched you sit in the back and scribble. And even when I moved you to the front, you'd do it. You wrote with your left hand and you used your right foot to nudge the calf of the girl beside you. And I'm keeping you in, William, because I want to know why. I didn't say any of this out loud. I put the book back down and move in front of the desk. He nods like someone watching a baby take its first steps. He has a long neck, slender. I imagine Mary Peterson kissing it. Will. He listens when I call him that. It used to work in class. Why did I think he was ever great? He was never great. He will fail. I said to him when he was still here, if this carries on, I'll have to remove you from my class. Creativity, he says now. I wait for more, but that's it. He has a disappointing voice. From the way he looks and moves, you'd expect it to be musical. It's gentle, but nasal. His words are paper cuts. Sometimes I imagine he speaks to the sound of his own music and I try to hear it, dragging it out of his smoke-muddy chest, a kickbeat and maybe the whine of a string instrument in his ear. He never raises his voice, so the music must be quiet. 
God knows what's running through his veins. One of the early notes in the book was a list of the products he used to make him smell good. He mixes his own concoctions, goes out into the meadows to do it. You hunch over to write and your hair spills onto the page. When I collect the books after class, I put yours to one side. Later, I breathe it in, trying to smell that concoction. Are you as good as your word? Of course, I didn't say that out loud either. He rides a bike back from the meadows at night. I've seen him. I've followed him. You know, he says, we might as well get it over with. Or maybe I'll have you expelled. <laughs> you can't have me expelled. Well, he says, I could get you sent out of here pretty fast if I walked into the professor's lounge and told him all about what you wrote in the margins. And there it is. I had to call him back in because... I wrote back to him, every time, first words and then sentences and then paragraphs. We talked to each other and the margins shrank around us. I think it started because I wanted to help him. I know it didn't end for the same reason. We both know that. He stands up and offers me his hand. Come on he says. Thank you for listening to the ALDS podcast. Our editors are Hannah Gallardo-Parsons and Lizzie Carr. Our marketing led by Anya Braithwaite. The podcast is produced by Charlotte Baxendale, Noah Wilde, and Lizzie Carr. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do get in touch at aldspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at aldspodcast. And don't forget to subscribe.